Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Thank all of our guests. Amen. Our guests with Case this morning. Our guests, Sister Amy, God bless you. The Pope family. Amen. We are just honored that all of you are in the house of the Lord today. We are also, I mentioned again this morning earlier, but we really do appreciate having Brother and Sister Coley Reese with us from Macon, Georgia. Amen. They have not only been a blessing to our church through the years, but they have blessed churches all across our fellowship, traveling as evangelists, and uh, we love and appreciate him. I've asked, I've asked him today to just kind of try to come out of his shell a little bit. <laughs> you know, he's been here long enough. He ought to break through, pierce through that shyness and just... And uh, just make himself a home. And so you pray for him as he endeavors to do that, would you? Amen. God bless you, Brother Coley Reese. Hallelujah. Why don't we clap our hands to the Lord this morning? Now, I want to clarify some things with what Pastor just said here. If you've never, if you don't, <laughs> be careful. Hallelujah. He told me this morning, he said, now, brother, we have a stationary camera back there, and it's, it's within the vicinity of this gold box right here and this gold box right here. He said, brother, I'm going to need you to kind of refrain and just kind of keep yourself concealed in this box. So then he handed me a dog collar, and he made me put it on. And if I step outside of these lines, I said, pastor, I'm really going to try. <laughs> Online, I... I beg your forgiveness for those who are watching online. I'm probably not going to be able to be as, because I do have an illustration that will require me to move out a little bit. So, but anyway, I'll do a whole lot better. I will do a whole lot better. I tell you what, it is such an honor to be here this morning, me and my family, to be with you all here. And I'm so thankful for Pastor Boyd, Brother and Sister Boyd. I'm so sorry that Sister Boyd is not feeling well this morning. We love the fellowship and the kindness and the hospitality here. We always feel very much right at home when we come. Before we go any further, I do feel that we need to lift our hands for a moment and pray for God to have his way. I, I know there is a lot of sickness going on out there, and we got a lot going on in this world. And right now, if we could just disembrace a lot of things that we're thinking about and dealing with in our life right now and just begin to put our focus on the Lord. If you'll just lift your hands to God for a moment and begin to pray. I just want you to pray unto God. I want you to talk to him right now and open. Say, God, I need you this morning. I need you to speak a word into my spirit right now, God. I need a word from you, Lord, today. Hallelujah, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we need you today, Lord. Have your way in this place. Pour out your spirit, God, in this house right now. In the name of Jesus, we worship you in spirit. We worship you in truth, God. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, God, for what you're about to do. Lord, we know revival is here and an outpouring is coming, God. Prepare our minds to be open, to receptive to what you have for us here today. Lord, we love you, Jesus, in this house right now. Come on, for about 30 more seconds, I want you just now to begin to love him, begin to worship him, begin to praise him in this place right now, however you feel. Hallelujah. Come on. You're in an apostolic church. You feel to lift your voice, lift your voice. You feel to clap your hands, clap your hands. You feel to jump for joy, jump for joy. Hallelujah. God's been too good to you. God's brought you too far. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we worship you, Lord. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, I'm so excited about what God is going to do here. I'm excited about what God has planned here. Thankful that my beautiful wife is able to be with me and the leadership of the ministry, as Pastor Boyd uh, pointed out. Parker, man, I'm so thankful my family is able to travel with me. They're not always able to help me to preach better. Uh, if you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to Luke chapter 17. 
We're going to read from verse 11 to verse 16, Luke chapter 17. While you're turning in your Bibles, I do want to give a little bit of a disclaimer here. If I limp at any moment while I'm preaching or I feel that I've stumbled in my walking, um, I'm not that much in the spirit. I'm going to let you know what's going on. Uh, Saturday morning before we left home to head here, uh, we just recently obtained a dog, and uh, we now see her as our daughter. And so uh, we put up a dog gate in the hall. <clears throat> in the process of me stepping, anybody ever stepped over a dog gate, a child gate? You thought that you could make the, the yeah. And so picking my foot up over the gate, I, I let it down, and, and in a hurry, the corner of my pinky toe hit the corner of the wall. And broke my pinky toe on my left foot. I realized that when that, anybody ever had that happen before? Amen. I did realize, and you probably agree with me, that it was at that point that I realized I did know three or four other languages and dialects that I didn't, it wasn't just speaking in the spirit. I would just, oh, help me, Lord, help me, Lord. You know, I began to travail in the Holy Ghost, but it did break, it did hurt. And I did realize that that that, that is a pain right there. But uh, uh, God is touching me, and I'm still believing that, that there's healing in my body. Amen. So just to give you a little disclaimer for those that have sympathy upon me in the name. Of Jesus, Luke chapter 17, verse 11. It's, it's all right to smile and laugh in the house of the Lord. Amen. Luke chapter 17. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. They lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, show, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. As they began to proceed in faith, healing overtook them. As they walked out in obedience with just a word from God to do this, Healing happened. And one of them in verse 15 says, And when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice, somebody say a loud voice, he began to glorify God and fell down on his face at his feet, speaking of the Lord, giving thanks. And it ends by saying he was a Samaritan. This morning I simply want to preach with the help of the Lord the power of proper placement. The power of proper placement. If you'll sit your Bibles down behind you and lift your voice one more time, and I want you to pray for God to speak to us this morning, for you to be open and receptive to his word. Lord, in the name of Jesus right now, have your way, God, in this place in the ministering of your word. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to hear your word. I'm asking that you would open up our minds and be receptive to what you have for us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, touch those with expectancy who came hunger and thirst after righteousness, God, that they may be filled in the house of the Lord this morning. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There is a right place at the right time. Everybody say amen. There is a Wrong place at the wrong time. Everybody say amen. There was a story many years ago. A man said, as he was sharing, he said, his younger brother, when his brother was around one to two years old, he had started developing a lazy eye. His parents had scheduled a checkup to have his eye looked at, but it was going to be a few months before they could work him in to the doctor's visit because they were so backed up with schedules. Later on, within about a few weeks, someone had canceled their appointment at the doctor's office. And because of their cancellation, they were able to get his little brother into the doctor's office in just a couple of weeks. It turned out that his brother had a rare form of cancer and had a tumor growing behind his eye. He had surgery on that eye and his eye was removed. And he says, thankfully, he only has just one eye. But the doctor told him that if he had waited any longer, it would have been too late. 
to tend to this situation. The young boy would have possibly lost his life. The man later began to share in the story, I wonder once in a while, every now and again, who canceled their appointment that allowed my brother to live? Somebody say at the right place at the right time. A California couple was moving out of their apartment when they saw a small child, small children rather, throwing toys out of a window two stories up. A situation quickly became very serious when one of the children climbed out on the balcony window, reaching for one of the toys and the child fell. But thankfully, the, the couple that saw this happening was moving in and at that moment they just happened to be carrying a bed mattress. Later, according to the local TV station, Jennifer Leitner threw the mattress underneath the dangling three-year-old child and began to call 911. Somebody say the right place at the right time. I remember my oldest son, which now he's 28, my oldest son, when he was just able to walk Travis, we lived in a mobile home that was, that was built on a hill. And if you've ever lived in a mobile home built on the hill, you know that half of that house is on blocks to keep it level. And they had a deck that was built out of this trailer, which had even taller poles up under this deck. And you could walk under that porch without even ducking down. That's how high my porch was. And, and you had to walk up a flight of steps just to get into our home. And I remember one day my son was able to walk. And, and I had to go out to my car in the driveway to get something out of my car. And I remember after I'd walked down the steps and he was just inside the doorway just for a brief moment. As I walked out the steps and went to my car and... When I turned around to go back up the steps to my home, my child was in the air, jumping for me. He was reaching out as if Superman, climbing to fly towards his dad. And as I turned around, it was in that moment that I just, out of instinct, as I reflex, grabbed him in the air and pulled him close to me. Obviously, any father feels the fear, but at the same time, they feel frustration wanting to tell the child, you can't do something like this. And as I was sitting down with my little one, so thankful that I caught him in the air and nothing bad happened, I sit him down and I'm talking to him and I'm sitting there explaining to him, son, you can't, as if he knew anything I was talking about, right? And I'm sitting there with my best fatherly instinct to explain to him, you can't just jump off of a porch. You just can't go out there and fly in the air, son. You can't do that. And it dawned on me at that moment, what would cause a child to just jump off of a porch without any fear, without any worry, towards someone they are very much, very much familiar with? And it dawned on me, the reason my son jumped towards me is because daddy had never dropped him before. <laughs> he knew dad was at the right place. He knew there was safety in daddy's arms. He knew that if I just jumped, dad would be there at the right place and at the right time. The power of proper placement. When God has always been there and God has never left you and God has never forsaken you and God has never dropped you and it's in those moments where you're in an unstable situation and fear still grips you when you should realize God has never dropped you God has never let you down and he ain't starting today clap your hands to the Lord if you believe that this morning we serve a God that is always at the right place at the right time our problem is that most times we are unthankful because our timing isn't his timing our ways aren't his ways our thoughts aren't his thoughts but his timing is so much better somebody said thank you Jesus his ways are so much higher his thoughts are so much greater if there's one sin that is most prominent today in this generation that we're living in, it is a sin of unthankfulness. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 18 says, In everything, somebody say everything. Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. God does so much for us that we aren't even aware of what all he has done. Our indebtedness to him is enormous, and yet we rarely or at least infrequently offer thanks for what he's done. Living in a busy lifestyle, and I know what year we're living in, and it's very easy to be caught up with convenience and busyness of this world to the points when something happens and someone runs a red light and, and someone almost T-bones your family. Or, and it's easy for us just to sit there and say, whoo, that was close, and move on, not thinking about how much God had to orchestrate to keep that from happening. All the things that God implemented 10 seconds off, 5 seconds off. Things I remember, and, I, and if I shared this story with you before, I apologize. But I remember years ago that I did have a little raggedy car, a little Kia Sophia. And I remember I used to have to pat the gas to keep it from choking off. And, and I had to sit there and rev the motor up. It was a raggedy thing, but it got me where I needed to go. And I remember when I would pull up to a red light and sit at that red light, if I didn't put it in neutral and pat the gas, that car would cut off on me and frustrate me. Tell me I'm not the only one that's had a vehicle like that. Come on, some of of y'all came to church in that right now. God going to bless you. Come on now. (laughs) And so I pull up at this red light and I put it in neutral and I'm sitting there. It's wide open. I haven't moved an inch. And all of a sudden, my light turned green, and I threw it down in drive, and I hit the gas, and it choked off and cut off anyway. Boy, I was mad. I hit the steering wheel. I can't believe this nothing car and all this. And I was so mad, and all of a sudden, an 18-wheeler ran through the red light. (sighs) Reached over to the steering wheel in the dash, said, Thank you, old Kia. You've been so faithful. You never left me nor forsaken me. You've always been right there. See, in my timing... If I had been on time according to my timing, I would have run into somebody else's timing. But God said, your timing don't line up with my timing and I'm going to slow some things down. Come on, I'm talking to somebody right now. There's some things you're frustrated with right now and you're wondering why God hasn't answered your prayer and why God hasn't met your need and you're about to pull your hair out and God said, if you'll just keep praying, if you'll just keep waiting, if you'll just keep trusting me, your time is gonna line up with my timing. I'm gonna open up the windows of heaven and you're gonna be at the right place at the right time to receive it. The power of proper placement. Somebody clap their hands to the Lord one more time. It matters. <laughs> when you're at the right place, at the right time. I'm not going to drag you through my whole testimony, but I'm so thankful that night I came to church as a drug addict that I showed up at the right time. Now, I know any time you come to church is a good time. I'm going to blow your mind with this one. Any time you come to church is a good time. Everybody say amen. But it's really a good time when church is in revival. I'm going to say that one more time. It's really, really good when everybody's excited about being at church. When everybody... My goodness, when everybody's excited and they're shouting and they're loving God and they're not depressed and they're not sitting here chewing up on each other. Boy, that was some good teaching this morning, brother. I appreciate that. Forgiveness. Loving those who are unlovable. Loving those who are incapable. That's where he found me. That's where he found you. You weren't lovable. You had nothing to offer God anything that was of value but you and God said I love that I love you in your lowest point when you were yet a sinner Christ died for you this generation is much like the little boy who went through the farmer's market and a farmer leaned down to the little boy and handed him an orange for free and the mom looks over to the son and says, Now what do you say to the nice man? The little boy looks at the orange and looks back up at the farmer and says, Peel it. <laughs> That's the generation we're living in. 
It scares me to ask how many times has God just stepped in our circumstance and bailed us out just for us to never give gratitude or appreciation or even look over our shoulders and give him a thumbs up. But we just expect because God is a God of love and God is a God of mercy that it's all just going to fix itself. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto thee. I'm here to encourage someone today that God is still your answer. Ma'am, God is still hearing you when you pray. Sir, God knows how busy you are. He knows with all the balls that you're juggling in the air. He knows what you're dealing with. And he's waiting as if the person that is anybody, and the young ladies in the house when you were young and they had to skip rope back in school and you had two people, one on each end of the rope and I don't remember what it was called, but they did this little thing right here and they were all sequenced in there. I don't remember what it's called, the jump rope, hallelujah. And so, but there's two people and you're sitting there waiting to get inside the rope and you're doing this little rhythm right here and all of a sudden you jump in and start going. Timing, I took somebody back to elementary school, didn't I? <laughs> Timing is everything. Because you ain't felt nothing until a rope slaps you in the back of the neck because your timing was off. All of a sudden, they got something going on. They ain't messed up in the past hour. Everybody's getting the jump just right, and you ain't got good timing. You can't even clap on rhythm in church, and you're trying to jump on a... Been there. Hallelujah. <laughs> timing. The power of proper placement. I'm here to encourage someone. In a day and age of massive killings, Children's lives being stolen, trafficking of people, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, diseases, continually falling levels of morality, the attack on biblical marriage, innocence of our young people being destroyed. It's even in the midst of all these, God is still your answer. God has not moved. God is still on the throne. I feel like I just need to encourage somebody today. He's still on the throne. He still has the power to meet your need. He still responds to his name. Come on, somebody. And he's always at the right place at the right time. Now, to magnify my point just a little bit further, I would like to examine the account of the ten lepers that we spoke about in Luke in Luke's gospel and see some important truths concerning their interaction with Jesus. I believe all scripture is good for reproof, for study, for correction. We need the word of God. And when stories like this happen, this is more than just some nursery rhyme. This is more than just something you tell a kid because it preaches good in Sunday school, but it's something you better look at every detail. The first thing I want to point out here was their predicament. They were all in the same position, the same place, in the same predicament. Verse 11 and 12 says, And it came to pass, as he, Jesus, went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, nothing is done out of God's order. There's a reason for everything. He entered into this, this certain village. And there met him entering in the village was ten men that were lepers. And Luke said they stood far off. They were in the same place. They were somewhere they didn't want to be, but they had to be. See, the disease of leprosy was a painful disease. But the physical pain was not the worst part of the disorder. The disease of leprosy would separate them. They were shut out. They were cut off. They were isolated. And it seems here that these lepers were shut out of any area that anybody else was at that was not a leper. They were shut out from their families. No one knows how long it had been since they'd felt the hand of their spouse, the kiss of their children on their cheek. They were shut out from their friends and their family. Friends no longer came over to play Monopoly. Friends no longer came over to play with them and invite them to go anywhere. No longer were they allowed to go down and meet up at McDonald's for a good meal and <laughs> they were left out of the gathering. Notice that Jesus on his way to Jerusalem entered into a certain village and there met him ten lepers. The religious crowd had no room for them. 
for these leprous men and their fellowship. But here we have Jesus. The only way, the presence of God walking in the flesh. And they stood far away from him. See, sinners feel a distance between them and God. There's a great void there that they feel and they're far off. That's how I felt. Why would I come to church when I'm doing what I'm doing? I'm not going to come just walking in the doors all willy-nilly. And sometimes sinners are that way. You love them. You want them to come to church. But they feel that divide. They feel that indifference. They feel the need naturally as humans to fix themselves up good before they come to God. And that's not the case. You can't clean yourself up enough before you come to God to get what God has for you after you come to God. But here we have Jesus walking towards them. Them filling the division. Do you know what kept them at a distance from Jesus? Obviously they wanted to get near him. They shouted out to him. But they couldn't because law was in place. The law had shut them out. The law set forth the conduct of the lepers. The law said that when you're walking on a road and there's somebody coming on the same road that you're on that you were commanded by law to get on the other side of that road and shout, unclean, unclean. How many would like to have to do that before you came to God? I'm an addict. I'm an addict. I steal things. I break in cars. I'm horrible to my family. Who would like to have to do that by the law? These leprous men were bound. They would have to shout, unclean. Sin put them in an awful position. They were all in the same predicament. They were in an unapproachable position. Here are these men living in shut out lives. But I'm grateful today that where the law says men cannot go, Jesus steps over that and his mercy and his grace and his goodness follows hard after you. What the law declares off limits, Jesus barges right on in. When the law passes on the other side, Jesus makes it a point to cross the road to get to where you are that he may lift you up. Oh, listen, Jesus came to save sinners. He went this way on purpose because even in an awful position, sin put us in. Jesus is able to reach us and save us. When you say, my family can't help me, my friends can't help me. The church can't help me. But I can tell you right now, no matter what you say and what you think, you'll never be able to say that about Jesus. While we stand afar off, you may feel distance from him this morning. You may feel I'm only here because of a visitation. I'm only here because somebody invited me from their job. I'm only here just because I didn't want to upset them again and turn them down. You may think you're only here by that, but God has orchestrated you to be at the right place at the right time to hear a word of encouragement to you. Because the last thing God wants you to do is leave the same way you came. They were all in the same position, lonely and hopeless. The second thing I point out here in this verse in these verses in verse 13 and 14, and the Bible says, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. The second thing lets us know they all prayed the same prayer. They were all in the same predicament. They were all isolated to the same place. And now they're all praying the same prayer. Jesus, have mercy on us somewhere. They'd come in contact with somebody who had come in contact with Jesus. They knew something about this Jesus that was walking down this road. And when he saw them, Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest. I can imagine the thoughts that came into their mind, Pastor, to where they said, show ourselves to the priest. We're not even allowed in church. We're not even allowed at home. They won't even let us walk up the steps. All ten uttered the same thing. So I could imagine they all thought the same thing. But by law, they were commanded also to show themselves to the priest. Jesus wasn't out of order. 
since you're scared by the law and you think you're bound by the law, then let's just go ahead and stick with that. Go show yourselves to the priest because by law, the priest is the only one that can look you over and declare you clean so that you can go back home, so that you can hug your family. So that now you can show back up at the family reunion. So now you can go to the cookouts and the, and the chili dinners that y'all got coming a week later because you didn't want me to be a part of it. You can be a part. <laughs> Pastor Boyd, y'all, y'all, y'all spoke about We have a chili cook-off next week. My son said, ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> Boy, don't get excited. We're preaching somewhere else. Boy, I buy you some chili. Come on. But now you're able to go. But go show yourself to the priest. Turn around and go show yourself to the priest. Jesus knew healing was going to fall on every one of them in the process of their walk. The reason you allowed Jesus to save you is because you realized you needed saving. They saw and they sensed their need. You don't pray and call out for help unless you feel there's a need in your spirit. The only time sinners will come to Jesus for salvation is once a sinner like I was. And sometimes I slip and we all stumble. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm more self-righteous than anybody. But there's times where you realize I'm not perfect. I've got to continually make sure that I cry out to him. Because I have a need. And the only time I'll cry out to the Lord is when I realize I need him. But the loneliness and the pain of this disease was evident to these ten lepers. They knew they needed help. I can imagine what they thought. Go show ourselves to the priest. I'm sure they had an idea of what the law. I'm, I, just, just think about this. You have leprosy. You're bound by the law. You're trying to find a way back to, my, back to your spouse. You're trying to find a way back into your home. I would imagine these leprous men were studying the law like you wouldn't believe. Trying to find some kind of loophole. And so when Jesus says, show yourself to the priest, that's why they turned around with no argument. Something must going to happen. Because if he wants me to show myself to the priest, then there's a healing coming my way. And the Bible said they began to walk. And can you, I just want you to, to go into my imagination for a moment and think about what it would have been like even for you when Jesus says healing is on the way, just start walking. And while you're in the process of walking, See, leprosy would numb the nerves in your body. Not only was there pain involved, not only was there isolation, but a lot of lepers did not die simply because they had leprosy. They would die because they would bleed out from stepping on something and not realizing how deep the cut was and not feeling the pain because they didn't know what it felt like to feel their fingertips and their toes would go numb. Nerves were burnt off and they would die from infections. And I could imagine in the process of them walking back and they're heading all the way back and then one of them begins to feel his right foot on the ground in the process of a faith walk, in the process of going where God's strategically placing them. And they're moving back. They're heading toward the priest. Hey, hey, Leroy. Do you feel your foot? I don't know if any of them were named Leroy back then. They might have been. You wasn't there. So Leroy, you feel your foot? Yeah, uh, no, I don't feel my right foot. I feel my, my left one. What about you? What about you, Philip? Do you feel anything? My, my fingers, I'm starting to feel my, my, my fingers. What about you, Thomas? What's going on with you? My, my nose, it was infected the other day. I can feel. Take off the wrappings. What do you see? And they began to unravel their situation. Put yourself in this position. Your wife is down the road. Your children, you haven't been at their birthday parties. You wasn't at their graduation. You couldn't be there with them. Addiction had bounded you for years. They'd cut you off. You were no longer allowed back into the home. But now you feel life coming back into you. I could imagine what it would have been. We can't. We sit there and criticize nine of those leprous men because they didn't turn back to Jesus. But go ahead and put yourself in that position. You now can go back to your spouse. You ain't seen them in years. You ain't felt the warmth of a hug in years. You, your child that you used to have to scoop up like this is now waist high. 
I can imagine them going, we've been healed. We've been healed. They take off the cloak. They're running to the priest. They're heading out. They're walking in obedience. But something happened in verse 15. They were at the same place, same predicament, prayed the same prayer, and then they all began to move. One of them in verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, the Bible says he turned back to the healer. And with a loud voice began to glorify God. Fell down on his face at the feet of the Lord and began to give him thanks. And Jesus answered him, Were there not ten of you? How come you're the only one that came back? I know all ten were healed. I gave the word. I poured out the anointing. My virtue flowed on y'all. I know exactly what happened. Were there not ten? Where are the nine? Jesus wants you to be healed. Jesus is excited when you get your healing. He's excited when you get your deliverance. But then he wants you to wonder where are your friends at after you've been delivered. Were you not hanging out with others like you? Are there not other souls hungry for what you've got? Where are they? And we come to church so many times and we're all guilty. We get wrapped up in amazing praise and worship as we did here today. And great atmosphere and a beautiful building. The pews are soft. The air is just right. Pastor preaches your favorite sermon. They sung your favorite song. It's easy to get caught up with that. And go home of our field of apostolic buffet of blessings. And not take anything back to anybody and tell them where the buffet is. Very easy to get comfortable in that atmosphere. But here is the key to this whole issue. All were in the same awful position. All prayed the same prayer. Yet one decided to strategically place himself where Jesus wanted him to be to start off with. The power of proper placement. Praise and thanksgiving is what Jesus desired from all ten. How do I know that? Because he inhabits the praises of his people. You think you get excited because they sing your favorite song at camp? You think you get the chill bumps and get to do the huckabuck and the chicken spin? And you think that just gets you all stirred up? How excited do you think Jesus gets when you finally stand up off of a pew and just look at him and tears fall? And you begin to wave your hands to him, not worrying about your brokenness, not worrying about your sorrow, not worrying about your iniquities that you've been bound up in in years, and say, God, I need the oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. And then you tell him, Bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. It's in those moments. It's in those moments that you're sitting there. It's just you and him. I don't deserve this healing that you just gave me. I don't deserve this iniquity you just separated me from. The chains have been on my wrist for so long. I don't deserve this. But Jesus says, I can't help myself. You were in the right place <laughs> at the right time. Not only did you pray like everybody else. Not only did you go to church like everybody else. Not only did you dress like every. I'm meddling now, Pastor. Not only did you dress like everybody else. Not only did you get the thickest Bible like everybody else. <laughs> but when God touched you, there's power that falls improper placement when you go to God and say oh if it had not been for Jesus 
where would I be? I'm talking to somebody right now. I don't know how long it's been since God filled you with the Holy Ghost. How long it's been since you were baptized in Jesus' name. But I need you to remember where would you be right now had not God got a hold of you? Had not Jesus set you free? Addiction fell from you. I can tell you the power of alcoholism and how it'll sit there and bind you up and make you look across the room to the cabinet that your bottles used to be in. You look at the box on the other side of the living room like myself and you remember the drugs you kept in that box and now you just get sick to your stomach every time you look in that area of the house. It's in those moments you turn, you say, God... If it had not been for your mercy, if it had not been for your love in the midst of my addiction, in the midst of my sickness, in the midst of my failure, ma'am, I'm talking to you this morning. I don't know what you brought into the house of God, sir. I don't know what you've been battling with. You feel worthless. You feel hopeless. You feel anxiety. You can't sleep at night. You're worried about the election coming up. You're worried about everything. Come on, somebody. You're worried about the government. You're worried about your money. And Jesus said, if you'll just seek first my kingdom, all my righteousness, I'll take care of mine. You'll never see his children begging for bread. The ones that know how to come back and say, God, hesitant to even mention this but I can't tell you how many heartbreaking times I've seen people come to God in those moments they needed God the most and God touched them and God delivered them and God filled them and they're baptized and then they think that they can take that back to the environment that had them bound up I'm not saying you can't go back to your center friends I'm all for it But you better know who's supposed to be influencing who. Come on, son. You better realize who's got the word from God. You're the one feeding. Come on, I'll just leave that for pastor to preach on another time. But I can tell you right now, it's those moments where I've seen people go right out with the best thing that ever happened. And they walk back like nine leprous men into a world. We never hear anything else of them. We don't know if later they might have, wow, what really happened? That Jesus that healed us, he died on a cross. He was, cru- I've got to find these disciples and get whatever, you know. We have no idea. But we do know what one did. Praise and thanksgiving. Praise and thanksgiving creates an atmosphere for God to move on your behalf. God still inhabits the praises of his people. One of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back. Went to the source of healing, committed himself to him, fell down at his feet. There was no doubt after that, after he fell at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus had a talk with him. Where are the other? Where are the other nine? I could imagine sins being remitted. Lifestyle changed. And then him saying, now, go to your family. Well, real issue was taken care of now. You understand, you can go to heaven with a sickness, but you can't go to heaven with sin. Mm, That's hard. That's hard. And I'm not trying to belittle anything at all. We've all experienced loss. We've all experienced hurt. But some people desire the blessings of God more than the eternity with Him. God, what can I just get from you while I'm here? I need the best you've got. I need the most you've got. I want to be the most popular. I want the most money in my account. I want to be the number one person on my job. God says, you haven't even given me 100% of you. The power of proper placement. Jesus said in verse 19, Thy faith has made thee whole. What was he when he got healed? Go show yourselves to the priest. Healing fell. They got their healing, but they weren't whole yet. Come on now. They got what they... 
thought that's all they wanted. And Jesus gave it to them. But one of them realized, I got more in my life. I need more in my spirit. I need more in my mind. I don't want to just come to church. And this is the part right now online where I get out of view of you. But just somebody will tell you about it later. Hallelujah. Oh, brother's up on the camera. My goodness, he's going to try to follow me. God bless you. Pray for him. It's going to get interesting. But there's a lot of times, and I did steal this out of the Sunday school class. It's a bag full of potato heads. Hallelujah. Can't have a good Sunday school lesson without some Mr. Potato Heads. Come on, somebody. I can preach a Bible study with that right there. And so we come to church. We love it. We hear the right praise and the right shout. They're singing our song. Oh, they're singing my favorite song. I got to praise and I got to get it out. Not realizing I just had an argument with my spouse, so I'm glad to be here. I got to praise and I got to. She can't fight with me when I'm in front of everybody. I got to praise and I got to. I ain't the only one here. <laughs> I'm just paying. I'm just picking. My wife will set me straight later. Don't worry about her. Don't pray for her. She'll be fine. It's me. And we come to church, and God says, all you want is a chill bump. All you want is a healing. All you're looking for is a raise. And my son, I need you to help me out with this. I just need you to kind of linger around, do whatever you feel. And God's moving in an atmosphere. And the Bible says, he ain't got to dance or nothing, but you know, just hang out. And, and so we're sitting, he's kind of in the dark on this, so pray for him too. And you're sitting in church and, and God's pouring out blessings. Oh, God's got a blessing. And we're over here like Parker man. Yeah, I got to pray, then I got to get it out. Nothing wrong with dancing, don't get me wrong. I like to do the huckabuck too. Come on. We say huckabuck in Florida, we still say stuff like that? Okay. Georgia folks say stuff like that. We just make up words. Hallelujah. And God's pouring out blessings. But it's in those moments when we come to church and we realize that there's power in proper placement. It's when God is over here doing things and mighty things are falling. It's when we realize it and we start going for it. Now see, he's got a blessing and eventually he's gonna realize God's moving so he probably needs to get where God's pouring out blessings. See, God moves anyway. You don't really know, but when God throws out a blessing, you got to be at the right place at the right time or you ain't going to get it. There's got to be certain things that happen in an atmosphere to when God is moving. And if we're just sitting there, everything's all right. I'm worried about the buffet. I'm going to the gathering cafe. I'm going to get me one of them nice. Come on, somebody. I'm getting hungry right now. And God's pouring out blessings. But see, he's picked up on something. God's going to bless no matter what because God's a good God. You see that? You know what that's called? You know what that's called? Expectancy. That's what this, that's expectancy right there. See, now he knows God's going to flow, but he's just not sure where God's going to flow. But he's watching the atmosphere. He's, I'm going to be where God's at. I'm going to bless wherever God's at. I'm going to get to an altar when I need to get to an altar because I need healing in my body. But more than that, I need a saving of my soul. Oh, I'm sure to challenge somebody this morning at HAC that when you come to the house of God, make sure you're in the proper place for God to bless you. Lift your hands to him right now. Lift your hands to him right now. There's expectancy in this room. Oh, you need to go home with more than a healing. You need to go home with more than just another blessing. You need to go home with more than just a raise. Come on right now. Talk to him for a moment. Oh, Come on, sir. I don't know where you were when God found you 10 years ago. I don't know where you were when God found you 20 years ago. But I can tell you right now, when he found you, you were right there in the proper placement. You were right there when God said, I'm going to heal. I'm going to save. I'm going to deliver you. You were at the right place. Your mind was in the right place. You decided God was your Savior. You decided he's the only one that could deliver you. You lifted up your hands and you began to magnify him. Oh, come on, just for a few more moments right now. Come on, let the Holy Ghost flow right now. There's a box that you put yourself in.
You've talked yourself out of teaching Bible studies because you think you're not smart enough, not giving credit to the wisdom of God and the power of his anointing. You've talked yourself out of witnessing the lost souls. You've talked yourself out of forgiving somebody that hurt you five years ago, five weeks ago, five minutes ago. Holding on to it. God said, I prepared a place for you. I prepared a place for you to come. I prepared an altar for you this morning. I prepared an atmosphere. And if you will just find a way to come give me praise, if you'll just find a way to thank me for everything you've had to go through. Come on right now, talk to him, talk to him, talk to him. Come on right now, right now. Step outside of your comfort zone. It's time for you to leave the crowd of the nine. And it's time for you to do what others aren't doing. It's time for you to step out and do what makes you nervous. It's time to step out and do what Jesus desires. Oh, that's it. Cry out to him. Cry out to him. Come on. Come on. I would rather be expecting God to bless me and he not show up then God expecting to be blessed and God sends a blessing towards me and I miss it because I didn't show up. This may be your morning. This may be your breakthrough. This may be your answer service. It might be next Sunday, but you better strategically place yourself. Every service you get, when you get home, place yourself in that prayer closet. Come on, right now, right now. Pray, 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 pray. Revival's here. Revival ain't coming. Revival's here. Revival's stirring. Revival's cause weeping in altars. Brokenness in your spirit. Come on, Bible studies are going to start coming to your home. Bible studies will start coming to you. But will you be there ready for it? Sinners will come to this church. Drug addicts will need to have a breakthrough in their spirit. But will you be here when it happens? Oh, come on, right now, right now, right now, right now. Tears all over the place, altar. Come on, work. Oh, that's it. Come on, make sure you're right where God wants you to be at. Oh, hallelujah. It's easy to sing about the blessings of God when you're at church and everybody else is singing. But what will you do when the doors are locked and the lights are off and your boss is laying people off on the job? You and your wife are struggling in your marriage. What will you do? You better strategically place yourself and your family in a moment of prayer. You better find a place in an altar. Right now, God's crying out to somebody right now. Sir, hear the voice of God. Ma'am, hear the voice of what thus saith the Spirit to the churches. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.